0: tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Alexander Berman, CEO of Arezo & Co., which includes his namesake label and shoots, among other footwear brands. I wanted to ask Alexander how the company pivoted during the pandemic, including what's driving its new investments in the fashion apparel space. Welcome, Alex.
1: Hi, Jill. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's a pleasure to share with you About this, I would say, uh, not beautiful, but challenging and uh, promising year that was 2020 for us.
0: Yes. Well, I want to dig into all of that for sure. But I do want to know, is fashion coming back? What are people buying now?
1: Oh, I have to say that uh, Schutz is well known for uh, high heel sandals. So is Alexander Berman, our famous Clarita. And uh, it's coming back for
0: sure. I mean, I just wanted to start on that bright note. That was what I wanted to hear. (laughs) But for those who don't know Arezo & Co., talk to me about the setup. You are head honcho over all of these brands. How many brands are there? And is that correct that you started shoots when you were 18?
1: Exactly. That's correct. So we have today seven uh, footwear brands. That includes Vans, that we have the license for Brazil, and another five apparel brands. So, that all started by a dream of a young man at the age of 18, back in 1972, who was a salesman, buying fashionable goods and reselling to his friends. In the end of the day, this young man asked himself, why not? Should I produce the shoes instead of buying a store to resell to my friends? And had this brilliant idea to grab his father house garage to hire some shoemakers and to start to make shoes with his hands. This man, by the way, is my father, who so created Arezzo back in 1972. So since then, our family has dedicated uh, our lives. Uh, Next year, we will turn uh, our 50-year anniversary for the company. And in those uh, 50 years, we're able to really adapt and adapt and adapt to the reality of the world and to keep growing.
0: You're doing all production. Is this happening in New York, in Brazil, one or the other, a little bit of both?
1: Yeah, so our main focus is still in Brazil, although our U.S. business corresponds to 12% of our revenue which for a big company like ours is a decent uh, amount of uh, uh, money that we're able to generate in those nine years that we have invested in the United States.
0: What's the rest of your breakdown uh, in terms of your customers and sales? In terms of region, country, uh, U.S. is 12%?
1: Okay, yes, yeah. So uh, rest of the world is only 5%, and the bulk, about 83% of the revenue is generated here in Brazil. Where is steel still for sure our main market. We have, as I mentioned to you, several brands, and the only brands that we are focusing in the international market are shoots and Alexander Brehmann for the moment. Okay? Okay. So uh, the brands, they are run as totally separate business unities. Each of them has a director that is responsible from the product development to the marketing and sales. So the brands they work as standalone companies and they have like their own P&L and it's, it's really a different way to to run a multi-brand uh, company.
0: That is. What are what resources are shared? Any? Okay. So
1: yes, a lot. So our yeah, our center of shared service, that includes starting with our finance, HR legal, uh, then of course IT our digital transformation that has played a very important role to go over the challenges of 2020. And then uh, the most important, which is our uh, product development and sourcing uh, capabilities, and of course, including our logistics. That is extremely uh, important. We have a huge distribution center with state-of-the-art equipment and a very fast operation.
0: Let's talk about 2020's impact on the business. You mentioned the digital transformation. What was happening there?
1: Perfect. So, as the year started, uh, we were all still in our fashion weeks in Milan, Paris, uh, back in February, visiting also Linea Pele, which is the most important raw material uh, fe- show for the fashion industry. And of course, we're all surprised with what came ahead. So starting in March, the stores start to uh, shut down in Brazil, and our main challenge was to uh, how to uh, maintain our sales with the stores closed. We didn't accept the fact that by the fact that the stores were closed, sales could not be done. So we put together, uh, the first initiative was to transform all of our 6,000 sales associates into digital sales associates, which they had their own coupon and they could influence through their social medias, people to buy through our e-commerce and they would get their commission. So there was a right. motivation campaign called we are all salespeople. And that included from me to all the executive uh, directors of the company to everyone engaged in that initiative that starts to really generate good amount of sales. Also, we provided to the sales associates uh, our CRM database so that they could work into uh, something that we developed that was the sales associate app, that they could manage their list based on a lot of information And we created a virtual window so that they could get in touch with the customers, showing the newest trends, and then generating sales via WhatsApp. So WhatsApp, I know that is not so common in the the United States like it is here in Brazil. And WhatsApp became our main tool of communication between the sales associates and, of course, the uh, customers. And also uh, the traffic that we generate in our e-commerce is very, very, very high. And we're able to divert uh, most of those uh, shoppers to uh, buy online, but ship from the store. So uh, that took us a month to start to really put together uh, all those initiatives that they were already being cooked, let's put this way, uh, because we started our digital transformation in 2018, So we had many of the tools in the process of development, but suddenly of all, they had had to be ready to work. And in fact, they did. So uh, second quarter of 2020 was for sure the turning point. And together with that, we changed completely our uh, fashion calendar, meaning uh, our season between the product development lounge and store lounge to the consumer facing that was done on a monthly basis, which is already fast, we uh, broke into that uh, bi-weekly collections. So every 15 days, uh, we put together a calendar that every 15 days we had a launch of a new collection that in less than four weeks, the product would be shipped to the stores and that machine really worked perfectly uh, between May 15th and October 15th. We launched uh, 11 collections that uh, start to really grow a lot. So fourth quarter, we were able, uh, ready to grow compared to 2019.
0: Was that um, smaller collections? Were they um, more data-driven? How would you say they compared to prior collections?
1: Totally. So uh, the collection, they had two main focus. We had the primary product and the secondary product. So for the primary initiatives, uh, there were four primary initiatives per collection, a group of uh, five to eight SKUs that, of course, resonate together as a family of groups. And we did a, a little marketing campaign to launch those uh, uh, primary initiatives. So for that, there was a shooting, there was a seating process, there was all the investments in digital marketing and a perfect combination to launch that among all of the stores the same day. So uh, that uh, kind of created the flow of uh, newness uh, and the customers start to be even more addicted to our social medias and consequently buying more and our first group group of product that was launched was a homeware collection obviously so we were very fast and very sharp on the designing of the product and the, the, the the styles that we created they became best sellers from night to day and then, second, we created a vulcanized canvas sneaker, very simple, uh, looking like the '60s cats uh, sneakers, for yeah. a very affordable price. So very easy going and very easy to wear, either at home or going out. And then we start to do a lot of marketing into those type of products. And then was a gradual movement. For you to have an idea in terms of pairs. The collection one that we launched in May, we sold only 50,000 pairs. The collection 11, we sold 500,000 pairs. Oh, wow. So was a big constant growth uh, throughout the year. And uh, with a lot of other initiatives together, especially the hard decisions that we had to make in our US operation, Uh, they paid off to turn into very accretive decisions that led us to finish the fourth quarter with our records in terms of sales and bottom line results.
0: You mentioned marketing and what you were doing there as you were rolling out the new collections. Um, As others were pulling back, were you investing more? And would you owe that, um, I guess, increase in sales to fine tuning that strategy along the way?
1: Totally. We doubled, uh, really doubled down, we doubled our marketing investments compared to 2019 because we knew that uh, by creating even more uh, awareness to our brands would gain even more market share. And that was like uh, a virtual uh, ball that uh, really worked out super well. And in fact, we launched uh, I have two important things to say, uh, actually a few, but uh, two most important. One is that we launched our flip-flop line. So it's called Breeza, like a breeze. And this uh, uh, collection um, composed of over 20 styles, uh, developing the best techniques and the best colors, And, you know, not to say a name, but there is a very famous Brazilian flip-flop brand that uh, we really took a a good market share in the premium market because we invest a lot with the main Brazilian actress. We went to the uh, Open TV, which for us was the first time that we did commercials on like the a premium time of the most important TV channel in Brazil. It's like going investment in the Super Bowl in the US. So there was a huge investment that we did and that flip flop collection uh, itself corresponded to almost 10% of our revenue in December. So this was a very good uh, investment. And also we uh, thought that was the right moment to go beyond shoes. So a company that has only uh, focused on the women's fashionable uh, shoe market for almost 50 years. uh, We realized that our market share was so high that it would be hard to keep growing and that we were prepared to use our uh, brand managing system to deploy into the apparel business as well. So yeah. Uh, maybe I'll do a pause here for you to come with a follow-up question, so that I'll take over <laughs> the microphone here for so many minutes.
0: But this was you have crucial. a lot going it was, on.
1: It was a there was another thing to share afterwards, but this was a pivot point for us when we uh, made the acquisition of Reserva, which is now our apparel uh, branch.
0: Yes. Tell me about Reserva. I know that um, some of these newer uh, fashion apparel investments that happened in the third quarter – no, 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 the fourth quarter of the yes, year. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah, when you were seeing great growth. So tell me again, you mentioned kind of um, – are you really covering the bases in terms of um, your footwear brands? You've got sandals, you've got sneakers, you've got heels. Like is basically uh, – you've done all the expansion in the in the shoe – uh, area that, that you can or that you see as would be a fit for the company and now apparel is the next, the next bet.
1: Exactly that, Joe. So uh, we found that most important than a brand uh, are the people behind the brand. And what we identified in the reservoir of founders uh, are very young, talented people with a digital mindset since their inception uh, very ahead of the world in terms of the ESG. Uh, they are a B Corp certified company that really takes care. They have a very beautiful social initiative, which is for every single product that they sell. Now, now it's not they, it's us. We give uh, five plates of food for uh, the, the, the poor children in Brazil. So imagine that we sell about 200,000 units per month, so meaning that we give 1 million uh, meals uh, throughout the month. So this is like the mentality of the founder uh, was very important. And the way that we did the acquisition, that was not just basically acquisition for the company, was also acquisition of the people. So they became shareholders of our company. Uh, Ronnie, who is the main founder, he has today 4% of our shares, which is a lot. As you know, we are public traded since 2011. And just a parenthesis, our shares rose 380% since the IPO in 10 years. So who bought some shares back in 2011 uh, have made a good amount of money throughout those 10 years. So with Reserva now, we extended our market. We basically uh, tripled our dressable market. And now our market share is very small. So it's time now to keep growing, to go to the same levels of market share that we have in the footwear business, now in the apparel business. So that's the focus for Brazil.
0: Well, tell me about your other investment in, uh, is it pronounced Troque, in the resale category?
1: You read my mind. That was <laughs> what the secret that I would keep for the end. So this goes beyond a much bigger strategy that we implemented the a corporate venture capital fund. Okay, the famous CVC. So we label it ZZ Ventures. So everything that we do here, because of Arezzo, uh, spells with double Zeta. Everything that we do has the ZZ as a benchmark so the ZZ Ventures is our uh, corporate VC uh, we dedicated about now to begin with only 10 million dollars to invest uh, throughout uh, that arm and we identify that of course that's not news that is a huge not just trend It's a new way that people will uh, buy apparel is through secondhand So our main view in the investment of truck, the most important drive decision for us was to really invest in the circular economy. The circular economy, you don't extract material, you don't have to harm nature. You don't create CO2 emissions because you don't have to produce anything. Basically the product is already produced. All the materials that you extract from nature, all the uh, CO2 consumption that you had in the transport in the manufacturing process is already there. And this product is seated, laid down in someone's closet. So what it provides is a possibility for you to make some money with your product that has not been used to sell to someone else. And then that someone else, instead of buying a new product, will buy second-hand product. So we believe a lot in the fundamentals of the circular economy and although truck is very small compared to the company's overall revenue is where we're going to invest the most and we have a lot of good initiatives being rolled out so that truck will become an important uh, sales platform for our resin call.
0: Oh great, I was going to ask about how those are going to be intertwined. That makes perfect sense. Can you tell me a little bit about your aspirations in terms of uh, investments this year in 2021?
1: So uh, we're going to invest double than we usually invest. So in terms of capital expenditure, it's going to be around 100 million reais. Uh, Most half of that will be into digital transformation. And the other half will be into logistics and to uh, store uh, renew especially in reserva we're creating a new store design and today we have 125 stores we intend to renovate at least 30 throughout the year so that will be our first uh, uh main investment and in truck uh, we're going to open uh, we're going to take advantage of the vacancy that there are in the malls and i think that's globally there was a lot of uh Retail shut down in last year, so I'm gonna take some vacancy space and I'm gonna create pop-up stores, so that it's gonna be easier for the customer to to buy and sell. It's gonna be a, a point of collecting your product that you want to resell and also to showcase product that you can buy. Also, we are working with a new uh, platform at Truck to be uh, the a way to distribute exceed inventory that most of the brands are facing this challenge of exceed inventory. So we believe that that will be a good growth initiative for us as well.
0: So what makes for um, the right store? Or if you did, when you do redo a store, what elements do you want to ensure that, you, that are uh, featured? First is location, of
1: course. So location is key. But second is the cupacy cost. So in the United States, uh, the lease terms for many years, they were extremely hard to deal with. Very expensive locations. I think that will change dramatically. And we believe that the right model for a landlord to deal with their retailers is based on profit sharing. Meaning, instead of having a fixed lease rate, it's to be a person part of the revenue so they are they're working on the good moments and on the tough moments but they really become partners of the retailer so that's the way that uh, we are transforming most of our leases into a percentage percentage of the sales not as a fixed cost
0: got it well with um reserva you mentioned uh b corp and with uh Gosh, Trove, I think that you mentioned circular economy. Can you tell me about, um, for the core, maybe the OG brands, um, how sustainability has come into play or what your focus is there?
1: Definitely. So our main focus on sustainability for our core brands is to track uh, the origin of the materials. So we are really doing a lot of investments in terms of identifying and tracking from the way that we uh, do the tanning of our leather to the way that the soles and the buckles are, are made. So today we have an ambition to certify this area, which I'm talking from, which is called the Bell Valley, is the uh, one of the biggest shoe clusters in the world. And this area here has been producing shoes for the last 100 years. And we have we are self-sufficient, meaning that from uh, the the factories that produce the machines for the shoe industry to the tanneries to the uh, sole makers, they all have their factories around this region. So we are the leaders of an initi- initiative to certify this region here as self-sustainable, so that we can really uh, track the origin of all the materials. And, of course, all the social causes for our labor. So we're investing a lot with the local labor syndicates and the local mayors. It's a very small area. Array uh, right here, of only 30 miles, you can reach the 10 cities that corresponds to most 90% of our production. So it's very easy to track and to maintain a good, supervision in terms of the labor conditions and that's what we invest in the most so we believe that this region here uh, unlike many other different uh, regions in Asia uh, that are very big and you don't have like access to really uh, uh, the control of the labor here it's a very unique situation and we're going to be able to really achieve our goal.
0: Talk to me about the long-term impact on um, on the company that 2021 or that 2020 had um, in terms of uh, stilettos and and the the really trend-driven footwear. Will these make a comeback? Will you make some, uh, I guess, permanent shifts in what you're putting out there?
1: No, I think that will come back for sure, uh, especially for shoots and like Sada Berman. I think that this will be a matter of timing. Uh, I really believe that based on all the latest news that US is the number one country that the revenge buying that summer when it hits by May, uh, we invest in a big campaign and uh, we are really doubling our inventory investment for that moment of the year because we believe that uh, there will be a, a real revenge buying and, and people will really go out and want to party a lot. And I think that the U.S. will be in a great momentum by, by the summer.
0: For the U.S. market in particular, what's going to work to acquire customers? Um, is your campaign, does it talk to re- revenge buying and kind of getting back out there? Uh, what are you going to count on?
1: Totally. So it's going to count on a lot of uh, fresh, freshness, colors, spike, uh, so that's going to be a, a big investment that's going to make uh, maybe pop-up stores are uh, going to invest into the more uh, local destinations for summer, and also we're launching our uh, more democratic brands, which are Arezzo and Anacapri, that they come with very affordable prices and they will be launched only exclusive uh, in our website by the month of May. So we're coming with big investments for U.S. because we believe that there's uh, going to be an important moment to gain market share.
0: Yeah. What's your take right now on wholesale partners? Uh, are they necessary? You want to keep working with them?
1: Totally. It's a new way to deal with them. Uh, our dropship program that we implemented back in 2018... Is our key way to keep our good business with department stores. So uh, we are we are like extremely well positioned in, with our dropship program with the main department stores such as Nordstrom, Saks, Bloomingdale's, and, and they have been able to really increase a lot our digital uh, sales through the dropship program. So this is the way to deal with. Of course, that having the regular inventory in the the physical locations is important. As many doors you have, more possibility to sell you have. But uh, the key to grow at wholesale is to have a very accurate digital marketing initiative, is to negotiate a good co-op investment in their own uh, media platforms, and to have as many SKUs as you can in their web page so that you can get more traffic, consequently increase your conversion. And that's what we invest in a lot.
0: And if you had to say you're looking ahead at 2021, how is it going to play out for the company? What are your expectations this year?
1: We have to break that into moments, okay? Short-term and, and mid-term. So short-term is going to be very challenging. Okay. Unlike the situation that we just mentioned in U- US that Mr. Biden is providing an amazing rollout for the vaccine, that's not the case in Brazil. So the country that corresponds to the biggest percentage of our revenue, unfortunately here the situation is very, very dramatic and a lot of life has been lost every day and vaccine although the number of vaccines is high we are huge country the percentage of people that are vaccinated is still too low so we are in a lockdown moment for most all of the country and that's gonna complete now april 7th 30 days of lockdown already Uh, the day that we have for the reopening is april 11th uh, which i'm not so confident that will happen I think that April will be a month that most of the stores will be shut down. But as I mentioned to you, all the initiatives that we invest in 2020 are being very useful now at the moment. And we have been able to maintain with a store that is totally shut down. That store is selling 40% of the use to sell in 2019. So when we add our growth of over 300% in the e-commerce. Although we have today exactly 80% of our store base uh, closed, we're gonna finish March with a 70% revenue compared to 2019, which is still decent. So Mm -hmm. as I mentioned to you, the year forecast has to be break down into moments. I think that in the month of May, uh, stores will be open. It's not going to be uh, revenge buying like a mentioned in the U.S. People will still be very cautious about their social uh, relationships and so on. So I think that's going to be a gradual return. So I believe that first half of the year will be very challenging. But for the second half, we believe that's going to be much better than second half of 2020. And we'll pay off for the year. So it's a moment, uh, Jill, that we have to be very prepared for adaptation, even in U- U.S., although the data shows a good recovery, I was reading yesterday about the possible third wave that number of cases had not reduced in the last days and so on. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be very challenging, and who is going to survive is not the strongest, but the most adaptable.
0: Right on. And then you'll just hit 2022 running.
1: (laughs) For sure. And then we move on. So year by year. So day by day, shoe by shoe. Now (laughs) shirt by shirt.
0: (laughs) Right on. Well, it seems like you are setting yourself up for success. Alex, this was a great conversation. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. It
1: was a pleasure talking to you, okay?
0: That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to The Glossy Podcast. See you next week.